Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. Jackson will keep it off the right side. Hurdles the man. Lamar Jackson, what he has brought to the Ravens is why they're winning. Rivers to the end zone. Popped up in the air and caught. Mack strips it. He is unbelievable. Khalil Mack deserves defensive player of the year. Looking for Aguilar. Got to step on his man. Makes the catch at the 30. It can waltz in. Luck to pass down the middle. Has Hilton. And T.Y. Hilton makes the catch at the 25. Andrew Luck, who was throwing a nerf ball at the beginning of the season, has played lights out. We get to go play another game in the playoffs and see what we can do. That's that's stinking awesome. All right, welcome to the best hey, show of the week. Let's go. This ain't no let's day before the day before. This is the day before right here. That's Hi, right. Man. The day before. Oh, that's alive. Right. You know, three-time Super Bowl champion is Darren Woods, another three-time Super Bowl champ, the great Teddy Bruschi holding down his spot over on the end. Let's get straight into these matchups. Big old wild card matchups headed your way. Seattle and Dallas have one previous playoff meeting, also wild card weekend back in 06. The game best remembered by Tony Romo going full whoopsie on the world. 19-yard field goal try late. And it didn't work out too great. Expect old-school ground-and-pound football. Seattle led all teams in rushing in the regular season while Zeke Elliott finished as the league's top rusher for the second time in three NFL seasons. And things weren't all that rosy for Dak Prescott in his Week 3 meeting against Seattle either, where he completed just 56% of his passes and posted a QBR of 18, which are both season lows for Dak. So let's go straight to Dallas right now, where Jeff Darlington joins us live. Jeff? Zeke Elliott sat out week 17, but what kind of a workload should we expect from him come Saturday night? I don't know, Jack, maybe 100, 110 carries on Saturday, probably <laughs> somewhere in there. I mean, this, this dude says that he feels so ready and so prepared for this game. He actually noted a couple days ago after taking the day off against the Giants, essentially a bye for Ezekiel Elliott, that normally it takes him until about Friday or Saturday to be ready for that Sunday game. But he was feeling ready uh, for a couple days ago, and he knows going into this. Not, there's all full transparency here in Dallas about Ezekiel Elliott's workload. He knows he's going in there, and he's going to get that rock early to try to establish this run for this Cowboys team. We should look on the other side of the ball, though. Bobby Wagner is playing out of his mind this season. That's going to be an interesting matchup, an incredible matchup this weekend. In fact, Jack, your boys at Pro Football Focus, you know, that, that company right there, mm-hmm. they say that Wagner has 138 tackles this year. He's only missed one of those attempted tackles. And really, if you go back to when that uh, stat was kept, that's unprecedented. Bobby Wagner is doing things that nobody has done before at that position. So Wagner against Elliott, this is going to be an incredible matchup and likely going to dictate the outcome of this game. Yes, sir. Check your Venmo, Jeff. That'll be on its way over. Thank you, sir. 
<laughs> so what kind of a uh, what kind of a matchup does Zeke Elliott have coming here with the Seahawks defense, Bobby Wagner? Yeah. Sure All those tackle numbers, everything that Darlington just told you. I'm going to simplify it by this one statement: You get a body on Bobby, and Dallas is going to be able to have success running the football. Looking back to their matchup earlier in the year, they're different teams, yes, but the one constants are Bobby Wagner and Ezekiel Elliott. Truthfully, with the Seahawks defense, if it's not Bobby, I don't know who it's going to be. So body on him right here. If it's a puller, getting off to the second level, grab him if you have to. Simplification. You get a body on Bobby, the Dallas run game will have success. Bobby or no body. That's a simple That sounds like a song, man. <laughs> You're right. Bobby, Anybody body sing? on Bobby. <laughs> Anybody sing? All right, so let's so you were a defensive leader on some of the best teams yeah. that Dallas ever had. Still live in Dallas. Explain to me the pressure this team is mm. under. Well, I, it's, it's not just the, the team. It's individuals as well. It's Dak Prescott's going to be under some pressure. But based off of the success that this organization has had in the past, when you look at the history of this organization, the Roger Staubachs of the world, the Troy Aikmans have had big-time success as far as winning playoff games, advancing in, the, in, in that manner, become, becoming heroes within Dallas, winning Super Bowls. But then over the years, things have changed. Tony Romo had a chance. As great as Tony Romo's career was, he had, he didn't he only won two playoff games in his time as a Dallas Cowboy. Dak needs to find a way to set himself and set his legacy within this organization this game around. Last last year they lost to the Green Bay Packers. This time around, they need to find a way to win this game and, and, and continue moving forward. But it's about his legacy. And he's he's a historian, man. He understands the game of football. Right. He knows exactly where he fits. And there are certain franchises where you're not really in any type of conversation until you make deep playoff runs. Yes. Dallas Cowboys are up at the top with that. There you go. Banderash, Jalen Smith. This Cowboys defense can run. Yeah. So can Russell Wilson. He can extend that Absolutely. thing like nobody else. How can they make life tough on Russ, do you think, Wood? Look, I, there's gonna, they're, they're going to have to do a lot. Because the one thing about Russ is that you cannot give him the splash plays. You can't give him those big over-the-top, the Tyler Lockett plays down the field. Make him earn it. And do not give him a chance to be off schedule. I mean, I, I don't care. Even if you don't sack Russ, find a way to get to – get. Have your angles. Make sure that he can't out-leverage you. Get on the outside, on the perimeter, and make the big plays. Because he's at his best when he's off schedule, when he's playing backyard football. You cannot allow him to get on the perimeter. And the easy game plan scheme to stop him is pass rush discipline. Don't run back. In, yeah. Don't run behind the quarterback. Push up the pocket. But with him, it's different. Right? It, you can't do it. He's going to get out. So this is more of an effort pass rush game, if in my opinion. And this guy, Demarcus Lawrence, once you get there and you miss him, because you will, you will miss Russell Wilson. He's just got that lower body strength. You have to chase and chase and chase in those seven-second, those eight-second plays because that's how long he'll extend them. I'll tell you who else is super slippery in that pocket, Lamar Jackson. Yes. I mean, you see Bosa, you see Melvin Ingram just whiff on him. A big old Week 16 rematch is coming. Baltimore defense had L.A. to a season-low 10 points, but now the rematch. 21-year-old on fire Lamar Jackson and 37-year-old Phillip Rivers meet Sunday in what will be the third largest age gap between two starting quarterbacks in NFL postseason history. Jackson was seven years old when Rivers threw his first NFL pass back in January of 05, and Sunday can't come soon enough for LJ. Definitely, you know, and it's just a name, the playoff, you know, that, that whole thing. You know, you're trying to get the championship now. You know, it was for us to get in it, and we're in it now, so we want the big thing. I can taste it. It's like Thanksgiving, you know, that food, <laughs> sweet potato pie. <laughs> Definitely, you know, I'm, I'm trying to taste that victory. 
for my birthday Monday. So, yeah, this will be big. And since naming Jackson the starter in week 11, the Ravens have reshaped their offensive identity. They have turned into the best running and ball control team in the NFL, going 6-1 and one in Jackson's seven starts. That only loss came to the Chiefs, and it was an overtime. Could very easily be undefeated. But the big question surrounding the Ravens' run option offense is the stability of it. For more on the Ravens, here is our Ravens reporter, Jamison Hensley. There's been a lot of talk this week about the fact that the Chargers are the first team to face Lamar Jackson and this unconventional Ravens offense for the second time this season and how familiarity could help them slow down Baltimore. But the Ravens, they're just not concerned. Backup quarterback Robert Griffin III put it best, comparing the Ravens' run option offense to a Michael Jordan fadeaway jumper. He says, yeah, you know it's coming, but it's difficult to stop because ultimately talent takes over. Coach John Harbaugh believes the key to the running game is the unselfishness of his players. You have wide receivers like Michael Crabtree, John Brown, and Willie Sneed buying into a system where they're blocking more than they're catching the ball. That's why Harbaugh believes this is his best team in his 11 years in Baltimore. Now, back to you, Jack. Nicely done there, Jameis. I like that little comparison, too. Fadeaway jumper. Best team in 11 years, huh? Oh, do you have a little something sharp there? At the wow, end? I got lost in the jumper saw. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, uh, the first taste of playoff football for Lamar Jackson. What do you guys remember most about going from the regular season into the playoffs where everything seems to be a little bit different? It, it's just a different feel when you walk into the stadium on game day, when it's, when it's a playoff game. It's, you know, there's not that many credentials during the regular season. You don't see that many people on the sideline. Well, you walk in on the playoff game, and there's a ton of people on the sideline family members, sponsors, everyone's out there. The media's out mm-hmm. there early. And there's not empty seats. There's not a whole lot of empty seats yeah. when you show up early for those games. And, and I just remember that buzz. We played our, – our first, my first playoff game was in 1992. And I, I feel like I still remember it today. And it's just walking out the tunnel and feeling the, the energy within that stadium. Same thing with me. First rookie playoff game, 1996. You're a safety, yep. former safety. I'm a former linebacker. But we, as defensive players, you feel that pressure. You feel that excitement, that adrenaline. You can go out there and hit somebody. You can go out there and run around and run on kickoff and just let it out and just scream. I can't imagine for a quarterback, yeah. a rookie quarterback going out there. You don't have that. You can't just go out there and go crazy. Yeah, you got to stay calm. You got to stay calm and still realize you got a play to call. You got a defense to read. You got a ball you got to deliver in certain places. So, it's a lot different for rookie quarterbacks. You got two defenders out here that just went out and smashed. That's what we did. That's how we dealt with the pressure. It's going to be interesting to see how Lamar deals with that. They haven't shook him yet. We know that. He goes all the way across the country on a short week. Beats the Chargers in what's effectively kind of a playoff game. This game, game. is not too big for it's him. It's not too big He's for him. He's going to show up. So, Teddy, how would you defend Lamar Jackson if you are the Chargers defensive coordinator? It's all up to you. Well, first, I got to stop the run. I got to stop the quarterback runs because also if I'm the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens and I'm Marty Morningwake, how I, how I get Lamar settled is I call runs early on. I'm going quarterback power. I'm going quarterback counter just so go ahead, get hit, take it down the field, and then now let's play. So I got to worry about that true discipline, that 11-on-11 football if I'm that Los Angeles Charger defense. Who's your quarterback player? In the first game, they used the safety. You saw the Browns, they used Jabril Peppers. 
it doesn't matter sometimes. It's discipline. It's, it's assignment football. It's gap control. It's almost like you're playing a military academy, okay, at times because of all those options that they have and how creative it is. You got fullback. You got pitch. You got quarterback. You got to be assignment right oh, in this game to tough. start it especially. As a defensive player, it's tough to be disciplined. I mean, you just, you, you can't, you just can't follow the eye candy. You got to stay within your lane and do, like you guys just always say, this is do un- your yeah, job. It's unfamiliar. Exactly. It's unfamiliar. You don't unfamiliar. go up against a, a scheme like this every week where you have to be assignment oriented. Yeah, and I look at the Chargers. When I look at the Chargers, my, my deal is, you know, they can't start off slow. They've been starting off slow weekend every weekend. You're starting to see this team. They don't turn it on until the second half. They can't do that. They have to find a way to put the pressure on early in this game, put points up on, uh, on this football team, and make and force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to get back into this game. So, Big time on first and second downs. Defensively, they got to stop them on first and second down. Put them in third and long, third and ten, and let's see if Lamar Jackson complete, can complete passes on the outside. That, that's the recipe. Nobody's really been able Nobody to do can it yet. It. Yeah. But that's the that's- recipe and the theory. What about for, for Melvin Gordon? How should the Chargers use him in this game? Do you Look, think? they, they got to use him. It's much like the Cowboys have been using Ezekiel Elliott. They got to find a way to get Melvin Gordon the ball early in this game because they can't just rely on the explosive plays against the Baltimore Ravens. Dink and dunk him, the screen game, uh, Melvin Gordon out in the backfield. Get him in situations where he's in space, one-on-one with the linebackers, and make plays down the field. Don't always look for the splash play against the Baltimore Ravens. Sometimes they're going to make you, most of the time, they're going to make you earn it. I want to see how Melvin Gordon does in protection because he failed at that in yeah. that earlier matchup. He didn't yeah. know who to block. They ran pick stunts. He was confused with the offensive line. Do they make a protection adjustment, maybe a free release like Darren's talk about, because there is so much going on in there. If you aren't right in your protection and you use that back to handle those games, he's got to be right. He wasn't the first matchup. And Chargers have been awesome on the road, too. We're, we're yes. thinking about as well. So make the playoffs after a one and five start that's what we talked about that's what the goal was and that's what we did Thought up on three and uh, win the afc south man uh it's a big deal for him. the mental toughness of both teams is evident it's going to be a huge battle marquee matchup andrew luck has played lights out deshaun watson he is as explosive as it gets they know each other. There's no surprises. This is going to be a heck of a ball game. Now watch me get back it's too much on the line. We've worked too hard. You don't need to say anything to anyone in this locker room. It's a whole new season. Every play counts. Every moment counts. And you can't slip up. Huge game right there. Holds Texans about as evenly matched as two teams you'll find. They're heading into round three on the season after splitting the previous two. In both wild games, they were decided by three-point margins. It will mark the first playoff matchup between the AFC South team since it was created. The division was created back in 2002. Watson's been a smooth operator, too, working out of play action in just two NFL seasons. Since entering the NFL last year, he's got the second-best QBR in the NFL using the play fake. And Watson is averaging the second-most yards per attempt and his 18 touchdown passes trail only Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. So let's let's talk about the Texans a little bit because they lose Will Fuller. Then they go out, they get Demarius Thomas, they lose him to IR too. So it's bang, bang. Pretty much DeAndre Hopkins is all that they have at this point mm-hmm. in the passing game is going to get open. How does Watson win? Well, you would think that, you, well, you've got to pass the ball and find ways to even bring in another receiver to help him out. Listen, I think Bill O'Brien's done a good job of all year of taking his time with – 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I'm sorry, with Deshaun Watson. And now what they're doing is running these zone options here. And this is one of the plays they're running. You're seeing the freeze that he has there and the ability to get to the edges and outrun the defender here. This is what's made him special since high school. He's a special player when he has the ball in his hands, and now they're taking the taking the training wheels off him and letting him run. His ability to move the chains with his legs and maintain long drives as they go on. It's not always always about the big splash plays down the field. In the playoffs, run the football, be consistent. And Watson, with these injuries to the receivers, Watson may be really holding the ball, which is yeah. something he already did. How big of an issue is this Colts front for that offensive line for the Texans? Yeah, this, this offensive line has struggled. The quarterback has struggled recognizing, seeing pressure. A lot of things you think that are elementary at this point, are they're still having struggles. It's the third time they've met, and you think, oh, they've seen each other. They're familiar. That doesn't look familiar. They look like they've never seen that four-strong pressure before, linebacker, slot corner. He's, he gets startled like he hasn't seen it, like they've never seen an Indianapolis Colt defensive lineman move, which movement they are predicated on, on quickness. Something's wrong there. It has to be fixed for them to win this game. Interesting. So with luck heading home to Houston, so too is our Dan Graziano, our friend Dan. Dan, these two teams, what are they saying right now about the importance and maybe how they're going to protect Watson and Andrew Luck may be tough to do. Yeah, Jack, two different stories when it comes to protecting the quarterback here with the Colts and the Texans this year. Start with Andrew Luck. He's only been sacked 18 times all year. Now, six of those came in the two games against the Texans. But when I talked to defensive coordinator, Texans defensive coordinator, Romeo Cornell, he said it's not easy. He said because the offensive line has been strong and Luck, to Teddy's point, does a very good job of helping with his own protection. He's big and strong and fast and can escape the rush and help out that offensive line to an extent that maybe Deshaun Watson isn't at this point in his career. Very important for the Colts. They're getting center Ryan Kelly back for this game, they expect. So when that offensive line is whole, that makes a big difference. Flip it over to the Houston side where Deshaun Watson has been sacked 62 times this year. And that's a big problem, obviously, for the Texans, as everybody knows. But if there's a silver lining, I talked to quarterbacks coach Sean Ryan. He said Watson is doing a better job of protecting himself when he gets outside the pocket, of knowing when the journey is over and he needs to run out of bounds or throw it away in order to protect himself. So that's the sort of progression they're going with in uh, with Watson in his second year here. But obviously they're trying to make the best of a difficult situation with a quarterback who's been hit way too many times. Dan, thank you very much, sir. And a reminder, this game is on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes, Saturday, 435 Eastern, 135 Pacific. Luck headed home to Houston for the Colts and, and, and those te- – no, he is the Colts. He's headed home for the Texans. Let's put it that yeah, way. There we go. Coverage starts in postseason. It'll be 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, both on the ESPN app. As an athlete and a competitor, you look forward to playing these games. This was a good defense before they got Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack pushed this thing over the top. Let's go. Finish. And it is intercepted by Mack. Mack running left to the 20, to the 15, 10, 5, end zone. Touchdown Bears. This is a different season now. At the end of the day, all you want to do is be in the dance. When you strap it on, when you put that Bears jersey on, you're only thinking about one thing. So the finale of a four-game flurry is about as good as it gets. You have the best defense in football. They're going to host St. Nick. 
Foles, and it's going to be some January Chicago football headed your way. So with that, we'll turn to our ace reporter. He is Jeff Dickerson. Jeff, the Bears were one of the league's healthier teams in 2018, but the defense and their touchdown machine is battling an ankle right now. What's the status of one Eddie Jackson? Yeah, and that's the key question, Jack. I mean, Eddie Jackson had that bad ankle injury three weeks ago, missed the last two games of the regular season, did not practice on Wednesday, was limited, though, yesterday. We'll hear from Matt Nagy in about a minute about his status for today. We expect he's going to play this weekend. How effective he'll be, that remains to be seen. Bears not as optimistic about linebacker Aaron Lynch. He's been out a couple of weeks as well with an elbow injury. He hasn't practiced all week. But the Bears did get all three of their wide receivers Back on the field this week, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Anthony Miller. Um, they've had full participation. They're good to go. Miller told us he dislocated his shoulder uh, in Minnesota during that regular season finale. He said they popped it right back in. He will not miss Sunday's game because, of course, it's the playoffs. You better believe it. That's great stuff. Great news, too, for Mitch Trubisky. All right, so let's, let's, let's go back to the other side and Foles. If he can't have any success at all against the Bears defense, where do you feel like it comes? It comes from Alshon Jeffrey who's making his return back to Chicago where he basically started his career. And a guy that you don't have to be perfect. You're Foles. You don't have to be perfect with the football. Alshon Jeffrey will go up and get it. And any time, and this is what's made Foles so special, is that he sees the opportunities that he has in the one-on-one coverage. And he feels like his guy is better than your guy. And if there's opportunities that he has in this game for matchups down the field, like we just saw in the highlight, Whereas one-on-one opportunities, he's going to take his shots. If the Bears are to win this game, they have to limit Alshon Jeffrey in the big play. Yeah, his guy is usually better than your guy. We've yeah, seen that, especially yeah. in the playoffs. Two great off-the-ball linebackers in Trevathan and Roquan Smith. Yeah, and, and worth noting, Roquan Smith, Trubisky, Cohen, Howard, Jackson, and many others are all going to be playing in their f- first postseason oh, yeah. football, which mm-hmm. is so the old innocence versus experience ball. We'll see how it all goes down. The Texans have won the AFC South. No one can stop us. We were the best team on that field. That'll do it. The Colts are going to the playoffs. We're playing like a bunch of madmen. We don't have any non-believers. You lose, the only place you're going is home. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on GEICO for help with homeowners and renters insurance. GEICO makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy geico Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. World needs more of this. Luck, Watson, flashback to their week four fight where Luck threw for 464 yards, four touchdowns, and lost. Frank Reich went for it on fourth and four on their own 43 in overtime. Pretty legendary move. Didn't quite pan out. Three plays later, Texans kicked the game-winning field goal. Then the Indy Revenge Tour. This is the Texans against Texans Week 14 behind a monster day of T.Y. Hilton who finished a yard shy of 200-yard receiving game. The win ended the Texans' franchise record nine-game winning streak. Both games were decided by a three-point margin, which we've told you. I think both teams are very familiar with each other. You're right. I, you know, I don't think that necessarily plays as an advantage to, to either side. Uh, you know, I, I truly believe this. What, what's happened in the past has no no relevance over what, what's going to happen. You know, in the, in, the, in the next game, and certainly you watch you watch film and you study and you prepare and uh, 
both of us, we know each other well. Uh, execution, fundamentals, technique, discipline, those sort of become the magic sauce. Uh, honestly, those are the magic sauce every week. So, Adam, T.Y. Hilton has been managing that ankle injury for weeks now. Is there anything different going on this week? Not that we can tell, Jack, at this point in time. And every week he's on the injury report. Every week he misses practice time. And then every week the game rolls around and T.Y. Hilton is out there making plays. Nobody has had more success against the Houston Texans. Nobody's been more of a Texans killer than T.Y. Hilton, who's averaged over 170 receiving yards a game against Houston. And again, he is expected to be out there in a game with the stakes this high, with this much significance, despite the fact that he has not practiced, despite the fact that his ankle is not at full strength, T.Y. Hilton is expected to play, Jack. Adam, thank you very much. So T.Y. Hilton has been the Houston killer in a lot of ways. Why do you think, Teddy, it is that Houston really can't guard him? Jack, after listening to Andrew Luck right there and him saying they're very familiar with each other, I'm going to disagree with him because if you were familiar with each other, you would come up with a better plan to defend, defend T.Y. Hilton, and they haven't do that, done that. I've watched the last couple games against these guys, and you see they've tried every single way. Jonathan Joseph playing off coverage, so it's a quick little look pass, and you got to know T.Y.'s going to catch it, then redirect, but you miss a tackle. He's on the ground looking for shamrocks, and all of a sudden T.Y.'s out there getting about 15 yards. Let's try pressing him now. Press him, see if you can get a hand on him. T.Y.'s good off the line of scrimmage. Watch his hammer right here. What? Boom. Yeah. Clears the arm, plays with him, sells a seven route, then boom, cuts it back inside, takes it vertical. Joseph doesn't know what to do. He can't keep up, up with this, keep up with this speed. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch, 40 plus yard gain, and then off of play action. You know where he's going off of play action. If you give Andrew Luck four seconds to throw the ball and the safety's not deep because you got your eyes in the backfield, it's going to be like this all day long. And I understand Matthew right here playing the middle of the field. He looks back to see Luck. He thinks he's deep enough, but you're not because it's T.Y. Hilton, another double move. Rookie safety gets him leaning outside and back inside. You're not familiar with this guy if you don't have someone over the top every single play and force Force Andrew Luck to beat you with Eric Ebron. If Eric Ebron beats you, if you're the Houston Texans, I'm going to shake your hand and congratulate you. Just take take those 40, 50, 60-yard bombs out of the equation by eliminating T.Y. Hilton. And how happy must T.Y. be to have that right cannon bag greased up? You Uh, saw some of those deep balls. Luck looks awesome. And quietly, they've become one of the best offensive lines in football, talking about the Colts. You think the Texans would get pressure? How would they do it? Well, they better get pressure because we just watched Teddy's tape and T.Y. Hilton is absolutely killing them. It starts with up front with J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, and Whitney Merciless. This is the guy, this is their high-priced players on the front line right now. The guys, they pay a lot of money to rush the passer. They're going to have to do their job, especially Jadavian Clowney, because they're going to put him in situations where he has the matchup, where he has a one-on-one with the guard, one-on-one with the tackle. Everybody's going to be concerning themselves with J.J. Watt. Where's Watt? Hey, Jadavian Clowney's got to win his battles. Merciless has to win their individual battles in order to get to Andrew Luck. Yeah, and I've said on that. Yeah. And a reminder, this game is on ABC and ESPN as well. ESPN Deportes, too. Saturday, 4.30 Eastern, 135 Pacific. Luck going home for the Colts-Texans from NRG Stadium. Our coverage starts with postseason NFL countdown at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, and both games are live on the ESPN app. So, of course, watch the thing anywhere that you are. So, you know, Eric Weddle, he kicked off his NFL career with the Chargers while the team was still in San Diego. 
and was teammates with Phillip Rivers for nine years. Weddle made first-team All-Pro honors as a member of the Chargers back in 2011 and 2014 before signing a four-year deal with Baltimore back in 2016 and has become a staple of that loaded Ravens defense. I gotta say, it was pretty good. It was pretty, it was pretty good ice cream. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was weird ice cream. It was pretty good ice cream. Oh, I eat the whole thing, man. Okay. I eat the, this big bowl, mm-hmm. you know. You like, you like ice cream? Absolutely. September for me. Okay. September victories in New England, it's still warm. Still, somewhat warm on those Sundays. So I used to go to my favorite spot after when Spruce Pond Creamery in Franklin, Massachusetts. Yes. Chocolate cherry <laughs> chunk. That's my flavor. Oof. Hot fudge on the bottom. On the bottom because you get it as a reward when you finish or you can dig down early. Just you got to have it sometimes. But it's January. It's December in New England. I don't I don't I don't like the ice cream. It's got to be warm. It's got to be warm outside. Sunshine. You could have it all year long. You like ice cream wood? Down there in you Texas. don't want to be around. I'm lactose intolerant. You, hey, okay. you, hey. <laughs> we'll stop uh, it right there. We, we, don't want we'll be around, right we, there. we won't be friends. If hey, I, I got a lot cream. of different questions. No, no ice cream. Just talk about ice cream. Our relationship just took a little yeah, hit. It did. Right there. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. All right. I still love you, man. Cherry chocolate. Let's, let's go to Weddle. He's facing <laughs> his former team. Do you guys buy into the advantages when you're going up against a former team and a quarterback you play with for nine years, all that? Yeah, absolutely, because he's familiar with, you know, he played with with Philip Rivers for nine years. They know each other extremely well. And not only that, but you stay in contact. This is a California boy. He's San Bernardino guy. He's he's been in contact with the people back in California. And there's a certain energy when you play your former team. You've been around them. You know the landscape. You you keep in contact as far as personnel. So you know each other. Even though he's playing in a different division, there's a familiarity with him and this football team. And I think there's an advantage. There's an obvious advantage for Eric Weddle as far as the cadence. And you'll talk more Mm -hmm. about that. But he, he knows who Philip Rivers is the best disguising safety in the game in my opinion if you watch him he's like a joker out there where is he going to be in that uh, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale's defense he's up he's dropping everything and when you know the cadence and rhythm and body language of a quarterback you can do it so much well and he knows Philip Rivers his voice is the way he says his words his his inflection those type of things our best disguises and our defenses I played with were against Brady during practice because we knew what his body when he leant forward and then he also brought the motion and how his his hard count was we knew it was on two those type of things he has all of that information on philip rivers good stuff not to mention who knows what kind of little conversations they had over nine years where you pick up a little secret along the way that stuff just you you talk about philip rivers being a quarterback on offense this is the quarterback on defense yeah i guarantee they Mm -hmm. pick each other's brain when they get you and you're a safety or a linebacker how'd you know i was dropping the, the period's over, you're on the sideline. How'd you know I was dropping right there? He said, yeah. well, then you get that information from him. I'm sure they've had those conversations. Guarantee it. So this is going to be a little rematch. So we had the Week 16 Road Warrior style is what happened. It was a butt whooping that those Ravens put on the Chargers. Let's give you a little details from the game. Baltimore's pass rush got after Phillip Rivers, according to ESPN's Pass rush win rate using NFL next-gen stats. How about that? T-Sizzle and company beat their blocks within two and a half seconds of the snap on 75% of the plays. It was the Ravens' highest win rate in any game this season. And Rivers struggled trying to fit the ball into tight spots on tight window throws. Defined by next-gen stats as no more than one yard of separation. Rivers was just one of six for nine yards with two picks. And he threw just one ball into a tight window in that game. So let's get into this thing a little bit. What about the takeaways? When you have just two two weeks ago that they played this, what can you take away from something like this when you run it right back? 
Well, you can take away that there's not many changes you can make in two weeks, okay? And for Lamar Jackson, I think you realize if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, he really hurts you in play-action passes. The improvement of this young quarterback on play-action pass is something the Los Angeles Chargers, they better be ready for. That's a hell of a throw right there. I got got, got Andrews can run, too. Listen, I think the one thing you saw a lot of missed opportunities with the San Diego Chargers in that game. And one thing we did see is early on, the Chargers knew one thing. We got to get the lead. We got to find a way to get the lead and be explosive and force Lamar Jackson to get in his game plan and, and throw the football here. And you look at the Chargers and they had opportunities. They had a lot of opportunities. Just missed your block, didn't do the right thing, got off your assignment. You got to make those plays. And Phillip Rivers has to complete his pass. Way to follow it up, baby. Way to follow yep. it up. So let's welcome in Adam Schefter, see if he can follow that up. Good news out of L.A. There's only one player who was not available for that Week 16 matchup and really wasn't available for the entire season, talking about Hunter Henry. Adam, what are you hearing about him coming back from that ACL and the kind of impact he can have come Sunday? Jack, it's been seven months and 15 days since Hunter Henry tore his ACL during an OTA last spring for the Chargers. He has practiced the last couple of weeks. He's looked good in practice. Now, today, Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn said they have until Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern to activate him and obviously make a decision here in the next 24 hours. My understanding is he is expected to be activated. He will play a limited amount on Sunday. He potentially could be a weapon for these Chargers, an added weapon for Phillip Rivers, especially in the red zone. Hunter Henry is a tremendous football player, was a big loss to this Chargers offense. It was able to overcome his loss, but it looks like he could be a contributor to some extent on Sunday in the wild card round at Baltimore. Something to keep an eye on, no doubt. Adam, thank you very much. Thanks, well, it has been four years since we lost one of the greatest men to ever work inside of these walls. And just wanted to say to his daughters, Taylor and Sydney, as well as the entire Scott family that we're thinking of you today, rest in peace to a man who inspired an entire generation, the great Stuart Scott. When you die, that does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. So live, live, fight like hell. And when you get too tired to fight, then lay down and rest and let somebody else fight for you. And today on the anniversary of Stewart's passing, you can help continue a fight that meant so much to Stewart in his fight against cancer and support of minority scholars and research. Visit jimmyv.org slash Scott. All donations benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research. We can tell you Nick Foles faces his toughest test of this run for the history books he has been on. It's the Bears defense that led the NFL in scoring D, among other categories. And plenty of familiarity between these two head coaches. Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy worked together for seven seasons on Andy Reid's Eagles and Chiefs teams. And now they find themselves sharing the postseason turf. So with a blockbuster Sunday afternoon on tap, we head to Philly where our ace Eagles reporter Tim McManus is dead in the middle of all that action. Tim, Alshon Jeffrey against his former team on Sunday. What's the mindset for him as he prepares for Chicago? Uh, Jeffrey, a little chilly, actually, when he was asked about his old town earlier this week, saying, I love Philadelphia. Chicago is just where I was for work. Adding that there's no extra emotion about playing the Bears, just that they're a team that is in the Eagles' way. 
And Jeffrey figures to be a big part of this game. You know, he and Nick Foles are really clicking. Since Foles got into the lineup week 15, Jeffrey averaging five catches for 100 yards. And look for Foles to continue searching for Jeffrey in this game, especially late. You know, Jeffrey has a sense for the big moment. And wide receiver Nelson Aguilar likened it to a star basketball player who searches for the last shot, saying he's a guy that has killer instinct. Jeffrey will look to close out his old team this weekend. We'll see what happens, Tim. Thank you very much. So a look will go right now to the battle, really the best battle of all, in my opinion, down in the trenches. We're going to use these NFL next-gen stats powered by AWS. The Eagles' D-line has returned to form in 2018 per ESPN's pass rush win rate using NFL next-gen stats. I love that. The ESPN front has fourth highest win rate, beating their block within two and a half seconds, 57% of the time. And on the other side of the ball, Chicago's offensive line has sustained its blocks for two and a half seconds, 66% of the time since week 10. That's the best mark in the NFL. Two and a half seconds, we're saying that's, that's about the average time to pass. So there you go. This next gen stuff keeps getting a little Special, bit cooler. Special, man. Right? Yeah, it, it is. Just a little bit cooler. So this Eagles defensive line went about eight deep in that Super Bowl run. They had all kinds of people. How have they evolved and still found success? Well, Michael Bennett is finally coming back around. They wonder why well, they brought in Michael Bennett and you say, okay, they're, they're going to be really explosive early on. It didn't happen that way, but the end of the season really started to change things. And Michael Bennett really came on. And this group right now, this front four, will absolutely get at you. They're at, in the backfield extremely fast, and it really hurts the quarterback. Fletcher Cox is a bad man. We can tell you the Eagles defensive line is so important because that Eagles secondary leaves people wide open. They've allowed an average of 3.7 yards of separation to opposing receivers. That's the second worst in the NFL. So, Teddy, if Mitch Trubisky has to make the play with his arm, do you trust him? If you're talking about in the pocket consistently where he has to stand there and be a drop back passer, I do not trust him. That is where he struggles. Accuracy has been a problem for him at times in the past. However, this is a special player in Trubisky. Not with his accuracy, but with his ability to escape. This is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league when he gets out of the pocket. He can run, he can use his legs, and on the run, all right, throwing on the run in broken plays. Those are the plays I'd be afraid of if I were the Eagle defense because you have to just cover for so long because Trubisky is so slippery in the pocket and he's so elusive and fast, faster than you think. I mean, he'll get oh. – let's, let's keep talking next, Jen. Yeah, yeah. He'll get up to 19 miles per hour, 18 miles per hour. He's that fast of a quarterback, so you got to run him down and hustle. A handful of athletic quarterbacks we're going to see this weekend. So the 15 Pro Football Hall of Fame Modern Era Finalists were announced yesterday. The list includes three first-year eligible players, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey, but a ton of great players and coaches among the group. The Hall's Board of Selectors meet February 2nd in Atlanta, the day before the Super Bowl, to narrow down the list to the max of five. So Ed Reed, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez in the class. What do you guys think? Is that obvious first-round First ballot Hall of Famers to you guys. I'll give Ed Reed his jacket right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'd also give Tony Gonzalez his jacket right now. And yeah. Champ Bailey, they've got one waiting for you. All right, I don't know if it's this year. There's another cornerback I'm rooting for in Ty Law, who I played a lot of games with and won a lot of championships with. I hope he gets serious consideration. He's a multiple-time finalist. Yeah, and it's hard to, you know, separate those guys because Ty Law, is, like you said, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's mm-hmm. done – he's played extremely well, but, you know – Champ Bailey came in, and he was supposedly the next Deion Sanders. He was a shutdown corner. For years, you measured yourself as the best cornerback in the the league. You always measured yourself against Champ Bailey. So there's a number of guys on that list. 15 guys on that list all deserve it. Yeah, yeah, great class coming up. 
So 12 teams still fighting for a ring, while eight teams are fighting for the coach of the future. Some of the coaching interviews going on around the league today, the Jets talking to former Dolphins head coach Adam Gase, while the Packers talking to Patriots assistant Josh McDaniels, who took one and kind of went back, Brian Flores. So let's welcome in the man who has the ear to it all. He is Adam Schefter. Adam, what is the latest on the coaching search going on right now? Jack, busy day in Foxborough. The Green Bay Packers are there, as are the Miami Dolphins. The Packers interview Josh McDaniels and Brian Flores, the Patriots defensive coordinator. The Packers spending time essentially with both Patriots coordinators. So it's busy time for the Packers. The Dolphins also are there meeting with Brian Flores as well. So lots of interest. And the Patriots defensive coordinator, who looks like he could come out of this cycle with a head coaching job, as could Josh McDaniels. Now, also, there's Jim Cowell, the former Lions and Colts head coach, who interviewed with the Cardinals on Thursday. Cowell already has met with the Browns and the Cardinals and the Jets. So he's done some dudes, or the Jets have expressed interest. A lot of people interested in Jim Cowell, the former head coach, at this particular time, generating a lot of interest. Also, again, a candidate in all those places at this time. And we'll find out whether or not he can get one. Adam Gase, the former Dolphins head coach, meeting with the New York Jets today. Gase already has interviewed with the Cardinals. So it's the Cardinals and the Jets for the time being. There have been some other conversations. We'll see whether or not he gets an interview. As for Eric Bieniemy, he has met with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's got a bunch of meetings this week, four in all. He's got the Bengals set for Saturday afternoon at some point in time. Meeting with Cincinnati after the Bengals get done with Shane Waldron and Zach Taylor, the Rams assistant on the West Coast. So a busy dance card for Eric Bieniemy at this time as he has four head coaching interviews in a two-day span as the Chiefs also await to see which team they'll be playing in the divisional playoff round next week. Good stuff, Adam. Thank you very much. It is time now for bold predictions. Wild card bold. Yes. NFL Live. Who wants to get bold first? There I'll go first, man. Listen, we already saw Teddy's tape on T.Y. Hilton, how he's killing people, pressing them, kills you, off, kills you, zone, kills you. T.Y. Hilton goes for 200 yards <laughs> this weekend, two TDs. <laughs> All okay. right. All right, that's bold. I'm going to go to the Dallas-Seattle game, and Zeke, who got a week off, Tyron Smith got a week off. He gets 150. Hey. He's going off well, to Dallas. They're going to get a body on body. <laughs> get him blocked up. <laughs> and our defense is going to be playing. Zeke's going to ball. Hey, all of a sudden, there's another tight end in Dallas. They didn't have a tight end all year. Dak wasn't looking at him. Wasn't getting any, getting well, any you guys got getting any looks. Well, Blake Jarwin went off last week. 119, three touchdowns. I'm saying 100 yards in a TD in a playoff game. <laughs> They're begging Witten to come back, all this no, noise. Oh, man, please. Jarwin can run. No, hey, oh, man. I'm out. Man. You just got to keep it. Man. Oh, man. We have some very real games coming up this <laughs> no, week. It's Friday. Right. That means we pick it. You know how we do it. It is Colts, Texans up first. Who are we going with? I'm going to take the Houston Texans in this game. I think they find a way to get to Andrew Luck. Romeo Cornell comes to his senses, and they and they put that safety over the top of T.Y. Hilton. Go ahead, Texans, get you a playoff win. I'm going with them. No, I'm going with Indy in this game. Uh, we talk about this offensive line and Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton. The offensive line is going to play bully ball against the Texans this week. Colts win this game. You know that defense over there, right? I know that defense. Okay, the okay. Seahawks. Bully ball. Osprey. 
Osprey. Osprey. The Osprey. The Osprey. They fly to Dallas yes. for a big old game. Who are we picking in this one? They're going to fly to Dallas, and they're going to fly back, and their season's going to be over. I'm taking wow. the Dallas Cowboys in this one. This defense with Demarcus Lawrence, he's going to track down Russell Wilson. The effort and the pursuit of this Cowboy defense, this Wolfpack's going to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm going with this Cowboys defense as well. That Wolfpack, and you just see Leighton Van Der Esch, and this defense will get after Russell Wilson. Tough game, close game, not a lot of points. Mm. Cowboys pull it out in the end. All right, the Week 16 rematch is upon us. We have this time flipping coast, though. Chargers going all the way to Baltimore. Who do we like? I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I've seen enough of that run game, which is Lamar Jackson, and that playoff play-action pass. I like it. And Eric Weddle, he is going to confuse and disrupt, and he will be, be eating ice cream after this one. Eric Weddle and the Ravens mm-hmm. get the win. How things change. You picked the Cleveland Browns last week, but I'm going to go <laughs> with the San Diego Chargers this Weasel. week. I think there's a little get back in this game this week. Phillip Rivers, big game. He wins this one. So a little split there between you. Okay. <laughs> A quick note I have for you. Matt Nagy called Eddie Jackson a game-time decision for the, for the capper. This is on Sunday afternoon. Eagles, Bears, who are we picking? I'm going to go with the Bears. I think Eddie Jackson is going to do everything he can to get out there. But I'm going with Chicago and this defensive backfield. The pressure is going to be there. They're going to get to Foles. He's going to, he's going to take some chances. Fuller and these DBs are going to take advantage. Defense is real in Chicago, yeah, people. For real. They get it done. They are for real. And I'm going with the Chicago Bears as well. I think it's about that up front. The guys stopping the run and then putting Nick Foles in obvious passing downs. And we see this, sec- this secondary Chicago Bears very opportunistic. Okay, it's time for Challenge Flags. Adam is going to lead us off. Adam, who are you challenging Wild Card Weekend? Jack, the last time the Cowboys and Seahawks met in the playoffs, the Cowboys snapper holder, Tony Romo, struggled to hold on to the snap. This time I'm challenging the Cowboys holder, Chris Jones, to hold on to the ball on any game-winning kicks. The Cowboys don't want to repeat what happened you the challenging? last time they played Seattle. Oh, you know who I got. Phillip Rivers, big fella. Hey, go get your Super Bowl. I'm challenging Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt. You better make a play to finish bully this ball. game. I like bully ball. No, bully ball. no popcorn. Ball. I like where you went with that. I'm going Andrew Luck. He's got age 30, circling the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Get it now. You're supposed to be Superman. Get it done. Time. Let's go. Oh. Ooh. Oh, man, you got to pick up the flags. 